This is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. We're getting into this week's top headlines. Top Democratic candidates are campaigning across the state ahead of the upcoming primary. Governor Sununu pushes back on the Granite State Libertarian Party, and a lawsuit filed in New Hampshire seeks to block electronic voting machines. Joining us now to talk about those stories and more are NHPR's senior political reporter, Josh Rogers, and the union leader's senior reporter, Kevin Landrigan. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you both for coming in so early. Um, you know, we're less than two weeks out from the state primary. Let's let's get an update on the GOP races. Former President Trump weighing in this week, saying he's looking at endorsing Don Bolduc for U.S. Senate. Josh, tell us more about that. Well, he did say looking at it. Uh, the former president was on the John Fredericks radio show. Fredericks is a supporter of Bolduc, and Fredericks told Trump that Bolduc is a MAGA Republican, America First candidate, et cetera. And, and Trump said he understood New Hampshire Senate primary may be boiling down to a contest between Bolduc and Morse, which, you know, polls indicate it is. And Trump said that he sees Bolduc as, quote, and I'm quoting Trump here, a strong guy, a tough guy who's doing well and that he's looking at it, meaning an endorsement. So not quite an endorsement, but certainly something that the Bolduc campaign was happy to promote uh, yesterday and, um, you know, could be a difference maker, a UNH poll this week found uh, for undecided voters in the Republican Senate primary, a Trump endorsement would make fully 40 percent more likely to support Trump's choice. The flip side of that is that it also found that 30 percent of those undecided would be less likely hmm. to support a Trump-backed candidate. So, um, you know, that's where we are. Every yeah. poll has shown Don Bolduc winning. Um, he's done it, you know, sort of on a shoestring. Lots of campaigning uh, didn't really stop. And, you know, that was after in 2020, he, of course, lost in a Republican primary to Corky Messner, who Trump backed. Messner was then trounced by Gene Shaheen. Uh, I don't know, the next couple weeks are going to be interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Meanwhile, the, the White Mountain uh, PAC formed this week in boosting Chuck Morse's campaign for Senate. Kevin, where did that PAC come from and, and how much are they spending? Yeah, Rick, very good question. White Mountain PAC really came out of nowhere, and it's led by a former staffer of the National Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, who also worked on a PAC that was connected to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. So it's clearly the Capitol Hill establishment, and they're panicking about getting too conservative a nominee in Don Bolduc. So they've decided to line up full square behind Senate President Chuck Morris, who as Donald Trump said, is the other candidate here. The race, there's five major candidates, but those two are really the top two. And the establishment has decided Morse is their guy. They're spending, initially it was going to be $2.6 million when they originally filed this White Mountain Pack on Tuesday. A day later, they upped it to $4 million. My sources tell me, by the way, all of these ads so far have been very positive about Morse. But I'm hearing... The, the next installment of this series is going to start to get negative against Don Bolduc. We'll see. Okay. And, and meanwhile, as, as Josh said, Don Bolduc is doing this relatively cheaply in in relation to what's going on here with this back in Chuck Morris. Yeah. How, how relatively cheaply? Well, this, ent <laughs> this entire buy. Very by, frugal. Yeah. By the White Mountain Pack, this entire buy over $4 million is eight times more than what Don Bullock has raised in the entire campaign. Okay. And things are, as, as we said earlier, going to get interesting. Uh, incumbent Democrats Senator Maggie Hassan and Representative Chris Pappas have made appearances back in New Hampshire uh, this week. Josh, what did they have to say out on the campaign trail? Well, they were very much talking up abortion, which is obviously an issue that the Democrats always talk up. And um, certainly 
Uh, they're stressing that it's in their estimation, it's really on the ballot, particularly in the wake of the Dobbs ruling, which, you know, undid Roe versus Wade and a constitutional right to abortion. And, you know, Democrats, this is this is a this is terrain they like to run on. Um, they say, and there is some truth to it, though, that this election may be different and um, not simply because of Dobbs, but also because of the uh, ban on almost all abortions after 24 weeks passed by Republicans in the state house. So Democrats are really banking on this being a sway a sway issue for voters. Well, I mean, they certainly hope so. I mean, they certainly you know fundamentally see it as a matter of uh, equal rights for women. Um, you know, without a doubt, this is maybe the issue that most motivates their core activists. They also think it might help them pick up middle of the road voters, uh, women voters in particular, and you know some voters who may not feel uh, at home in the GOP on this and other uh, social issues, but. You know, the bottom line, this is an issue that Democrats are very – it's very important to them. It unites them. It generates campaign donations. Uh, and it's also not the economy and inflation. Well, again, give me a little bit more detail about what voters are thinking, especially independent voters. What What, what is well, this polling well, showing? I mean, there was a poll out from, from St. Anselm College that, that showed that 71 percent of the voters they polled identify as, as being pro-choice. And according to that poll, fully 60 percent of them – uh, consider abortion, quote, extremely or very important in deciding their vote. So, um, you know, the Democrats are banking on that. And, and this is a, this is a topic they're comfortable running on. This is Morning Edition from NHPR. We are recapping this week's news with the union leaders, Kevin Landrigan and NHPR's Josh Rogers. If you have some questions that you have about what's going on in the state, you can email us and inform our reporting and our coverage at voices at NHPR.org. Kevin, um, you reported on a lawsuit filed this week against Governor Sununu and legislative leaders seeking to block electronic voting machines in the state. So who's filed this suit and what's what's the reasoning? Yeah, Rick, uh, the suit has been filed by a man named Daniel Richard. He's a conservative constitutionalist from Auburn. And that term basically means that if it's not in the Constitution or it's not somehow inferred in the Constitution, then... The legislature can't adopt laws about it. So the lawsuit really basically says, look, the Constitution's reference to the counting of the votes was adopted in 1784, and it hasn't been changed since. Now, fast forward from 1784, 200 years, and electronic voting machines were introduced in New Hampshire in 1979. And this lawsuit says they're not allowed, and uh, they're prone to problems as well, which we can talk about. And and so this lawsuit tries to prevent these machines from being used or at the very least allow any voter in any city or town to bring their paper ballot and require election officials to count it by hand, mm. not through the machine. So backers of President Trump repeatedly challenged the use of, 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 of AccuVotes, these machines, the only approved ballot counting machine, by the way, in the state, which is, is not a connected machine. They are not connected to any Internet. But in town after town, voters have chosen to keep these machines, which have been proven accurate, as you said, through the years. But I'm wondering, how widespread are these arguments now? Is this something that we're going to see more and more of as, as we go through this election cycle? Well, it's certainly a minority of the people in New Hampshire. As you pointed out, there are about a dozen communities that voted to keep these machines. Um, but every other candidate in the Republican primary for governor running against Chris Sununu supports the thesis of this lawsuit and doesn't think these voting machines should be allowed. I mean, these machines are at the end of their lifespan, at least the yes. AccuVote, which is another mm -hmm. thing that the state's going to have to approve 
some other vote counting machine right. uh, in the near term because right. those, these machines are simply uh, not available. I mean, they're not going to be serviceable. Patching them together with, right. with you, parts from right. discarded machines. You literally right. can't get. There aren't new parts available now. So the ballot law commission and the state law instructs that only the AccuVote machine can be used in New Hampshire. The Ballot Law Commission has now adopted a rule inviting new vendors with newer technology of, to come to New Hampshire, show their wares. They've demonstrated them. The Secretary of State, David Scanlon, said this is going to happen soon, the, uh, but it, it shouldn't happen now, mm-hmm. meaning it, uh, not right in the middle of a midterm election. I'd like to test this new equipment during real live voting, we're talking about probably in the municipal, like town elections in right. 2023, check these new machines. All right. Well, uh, we'll be watching for more of that. Obviously, it's uh, it's going to get interesting. Governor Chris Sununu criticized New Hampshire's Libertarian Party this week, speaking of interesting, over recent inflammatory posts on that party's official Twitter account. Josh, what were, were those tweets? What, what was the governor having to say about that? Well, one tweet was of a photo of uh, Meghan McCain uh, over her father, John McCain's flag-draped casket, uh, the Libertarian Party tweeted, Happy Holidays. It was the anniversary of, of John McCain's death. Uh, the other tweet, since deleted, uh, said, If you don't support a $6 million minimum wage, you're anti-Semitic. The $6 million apparently being a reference to the Holocaust. Uh, Governor Sununu was appearing on CNN. He was asked about these tweets, and, and, and this is what he said. That should pretty much be the end of the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. And I mean that. Again, horribly insulting. That is not leadership. That is not what people want to vote for. That is not what the type of sentiment people want in their public service. Uh, Kevin, how did the state's Libertarian Party have have, uh, a response for that? Well, they said, um, Governor Sununu, we're just getting started. I mean, the state Libertarian leadership here in New Hampshire clearly likes the image of a wing of the party that's willing to push the edge. On social media, they tweeted back at, at the governor, here at LPNH, we're a bunch of extremists. We're like the McHale's Navy of LP National. We say crazy stuff we don't always expect unanimous support for. <laughs> okay, how's the there, McHale's Navy. McHale's Navy reference. <laughs> very, very, yes. yeah. It's, 60s sitcom. Uh, uh, yes, not a current uh, reference, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Has there been a growing tension between Republicans uh, like Sununu, uh, you know, and, and the state's Libertarian Party and Republicans who are aligning more closely with Libertarian values? I mean, uh, you know, what's the broader context here, Kevin? Yeah, uh, that's a very good point, And I think it's a very valid one, which is that there is this tension that has occurred, as as Josh knows and reported this morning. Um Many free state Republicans who have been elected as Republicans in the legislature uh, align themselves very closely with the Libertarian Party. Um, Chris Sununu has said clearly to the people of New Hampshire, these aren't Republicans, uh, these Libertarians. They can have their own party, but they're not ours. He's been very frustrated that many of them, as many... uh, as two dozen in the legislature now and as many as 45 overall have been elected as Republicans in the legislature. And and this governor certainly doesn't think they're uh, authentic. I mean, you can certainly see it over, you know, vaccine and pandemic policy, over the issues at Gunstock. Yes. Uh, there are other places where uh, there's a real tension. And, um, you know, it's been difficult for, for Sununu, who's, you know, rightfully sees himself as the leader of the party. I mean, he's been the most successful Republican in the state since Judd Gregg. Um, that he often can't get his way with these folks. And, and they would say, like, well, you know, we're elected and, and you know, we all, this is how the process works. Uh, but clearly uh, there are tensions. 
And do you see that growing? I mean, are there other part, are other Republicans, mainstream Republicans in the state that are also starting to speak out? Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, up in up in Belknap County, I mean, uh, it's not the Republican primaries for these House seats of, 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 uh, that deal with lawmakers who are involved in, um, you know, putting the gunstock ski season at risk earlier mm-hmm. in the year. And, and one thing that's going to be interesting to see is how some of those primaries play out, because there will be Republicans running against Republicans in a very Republican county and um, on an issue that, that you know, has galvanized the public more than a lot of things that happen inside the state house. NHPR's Josh Rogers and the union leaders, Kevin Landrigan. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Rick. We also suggest that you check out the New Hampshire News Quiz. It's a new, quick, fun, and informative way to test your knowledge of the week's news. You can sign up to get the quiz emailed to you, or you can check it out every Thursday evening at nhpr.org. I'm Rick Ganley. This is NHPR.